welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and I'm back with Mary Alice Carpenter, a midwife and team member here at our company, Baby Chick. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with hundreds of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing pregnancy and parenting conundrums. Mary Alice and I are both currently pregnant and are here to talk about the second trimester, what to expect, and what we are experiencing during our pregnancies. We hope that you listen to our episode about the first trimester. In the future, we will also share what to expect in the third trimester, birth, and postpartum. Everyone's pregnancy and parenting journey is different, but we hope that you find some comfort in what we're sharing with you so that you can feel more prepared and less alone if you're also experiencing these symptoms. So let's chat about the second trimester. Here we go. Hey, Mary Alice. Hello. (laughs) Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Nina? I'm good. I'm good. So, Mary Alice, remind us now, how many weeks are you? Okay, I'm 29 weeks. I'll be 30 weeks in a couple days. So just ended my second trimester. That is exciting. So how was the second trimester for you? Oh, it was lovely. It was great. I'd like to go back. Oh, okay. I thought I sent sarcasm for a second. No, no, so it really was. It was great because I had such a hard first trimester. I was so sick and so tired. And second trimester was so much better for me. And third trimester, I feel like as soon as I hit 28 weeks, I started getting uncomfortable. It was like, bing, like, here you go. (laughs) So I was second trimester. I mean, I remember like doing prenatals with people and being like, wow, second trimester is like the easy, happy, fun stage. And that is exactly what I experienced. I was feeling like great. And I don't feel bad now. I just like, I'm feeling more uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh yeah, second trimester was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad at least you had, and obviously the second trimester is our longest one. So I'm glad you had like a good, you know, chunk of happy so that's great. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I feel like second trimester didn't really start to like 18, 20 weeks because that's when I started feeling not sick. But most people start feeling better earlier than that. <laughs> Aww, well, I'm so glad that you're feeling better now. That's, yeah, that's me too. way better. It's, oh. a, it's great. And how are you? How many weeks are you now? Oh my goodness. I am 21 weeks today. So I'm just more in the than middle. halfway through. Yeah. More than ha- a little, a tiny bit more yeah, than halfway through. Seven days more than halfway through. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, like halfway through or almost, you know, getting there through the second trimester. So hanging in there and yeah, getting big. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah. That's, it's just a lot of growing. (laughs) So yeah, I want to know for you, Mary Alice, have you experienced like, what were your big changes? Were there any in the second trimester for you? You just mentioned like you now feel so much better, like the nausea is gone. That was a big thing. And then for me feeling movement, like almost everyone starts to feel movement in their second trimester, but Obviously, since it's my first baby, it's like the first time I've ever felt that, which was really cool. And then for, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, some some things that can come up in your second trimester, but I have had the weirdest leg numbness this trimester. Like my entire right thigh is numb. Like it feels like someone injected lidocaine in it. And it's been like this since I was like 23 weeks. So for like 
two months now. <laughs> wow, um, it's that's crazy. Very odd. Apparently, really common. I hadn't ever really run across anyone with this before, but I've been going to the chiropractor and I talked to a neurologist, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, as long as it goes away after the baby's born, <laughs> like, <laughs> then you're good." Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but I think it's just like there's a nerve that's getting compressed that's like in my pelvis and then runs down the side of your leg. And so I have some exercises I'm doing for it that like help, but it's kind of, it's a really weird sensation. That is. That is so weird. Oh. Yeah. I was just curious if there were any big changes compared to the first. So that's Other really than cool. that, I just looking really pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that brings me to my next thing besides looking really pregnant. So what are the craziest things that you've heard from people now that you're pregnant? Because you know how we hear from people like, oh, I've heard this, I've heard that. Like, what are like the cool things, the not so cool things, the things that people need to keep to themselves, anything that stands out to you? Well, I feel like I'm not hearing that. I'm not really going anywhere because, you know, we're in the middle of this global pandemic situation. That's true. I feel like that's cut down on a lot of the potential (laughs) um, instances of inappropriate comments. But I did, I was somewhere recently and someone asked, I, you know, people just commenting really inappropriately on your size, like either you're too small, you're too big, you're, you know, my mother-in-law, so I'm having a girl, I'm like, I'm like positive it's a girl because I saw the ultrasound and I've looked at a lot of ultrasounds and I actually often have a hard time telling gender on ultrasounds myself. I'm not a sonographer, but just as a midwife, I've seen a lot of ultrasound images and I saw this baby and I right away was like, it's a girl. Like I just, (laughs) like I could tell. And the sonographer was not confused. So I feel pretty confident that it's a girl, but my mother-in-law is like convinced that because of the way I'm carrying, it's a boy. She just keeps being like, might still be a boy. (laughs) okay we had my baby shower yesterday and I have a lot of pink stuff now (laughs) so you know pink is in it's fine either way (laughs) I'm like I really think this is a girl but anyway I and then just people like the other day someone was like well how many weeks do you have left and I was like oh 12 (laughs) (laughs) and she was like oh (laughs) oh man don't you love people's reaction after they ask you that and they're like probably shouldn't have asked that I can hear it on her face she was like oh you have a long way to go (laughs) "Mm -hmm." yeah sometimes I remember I got very large with my first pregnancy so big that everyone still remembers it whenever I talk to them. I'm like, remember how big I got with Liam? And they're like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That. Well, like, Nina, how tall are you? I'm 5'1". Okay, so I just want to say that since some people might not know how tall you are. That's true. There was nowhere for that baby to go but out, and he was big. Yeah, yeah, but still, people, I just, at the, at, I started lying about my due date. I'm like, oh, I'm due tomorrow, so then people would just be quiet. <laughs> well, this is someone who I was, like, definitely going to see again, so I felt like oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I couldn't be like, oh, I'm actually two months overdue now. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so good. I love it. I love catching up on all of this. And you guys, thank you for listening. We're excited to really dive in to these symptoms because Mary Alice, I'm curious which ones you've been experiencing and how you've been experiencing them. So let's get started on that. So when did you think that you went from the like 
in between stage of where you sort of look pregnant, bloated to like actually, no, I look she's pregnant. Like, yes, yeah. When uh, was that? Around, around fourteen weeks. I was looking like at twelve weeks. I was if I wore something really tight, I looked pregnant. But otherwise, I just looked bloated. But like around fourteen weeks, I was really, I looked pregnant. And by and I got my anatomy scan at eighteen weeks, and I have a picture from that day, and I look pregnant. <laughs> I felt like I popped really soon and I wasn't expecting to because I'm really tall. I'm five nine and I have a long torso. So I didn't think I was gonna show that show quick. that early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of early for especially for a first baby. Yeah, yeah. What no, but you? that's I actually think that that's so nice that you don't you actually look pregnant. So then people are like, oh, she's pregnant, rather than like, oh, she should, you know, stop eating so much. Yeah, but my whole family was convinced I was having twins. They were like, well, we didn't <laughs> look that pregnant. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. I love people's comments on bodies. Ah, yeah. I think with Liam, I started looking like legit pregnant at 17 weeks. And then with this one, I want to say like 15, 16 weeks, it's like when I started looking no longer, you know, just chubby. So so there's that. But I feel like there's also some fluff that, you know, the baby had to kind of push through. So so there's that. But, you know. There's always a little bit of fluff. There's always a little bit of fluff. You got to have a little bit of it. <laughs> right? So, okay, next thing, feeling better, hopefully, yes, y'all, oh my gosh, I was the same way as you, Mary Alice, I, well, not to the same degree, oh my goodness, you, I felt so bad, you were so sick that first trimester. <laughs> I was, right? was sick, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I had nausea, but mine just was like, it like knew when I needed to clock out, so always, like every day at like 4.30 or 5, I would get so nauseous until I would fall asleep. So yeah, making dinner and like taking care of a toddler after was just joyous. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but it did go away for me. I'm so grateful. Like 13 weeks, 13 weeks is when I finally started feeling better. So it was like from six weeks to 13 weeks. When did yours start? Mine started at six weeks, like on the dot, like I turned six weeks and I started feeling sick. <laughs> like I, I remember I was going to bed one night or I was brushing my teeth and it made me gag and I threw up and I was like, it's starting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh no. So and then you said you got better when? Yeah. It started getting better around 18 weeks, but I also started taking meds. So it was like a little, I don't actually know when it would have, <laughs> like, I would say around 12 weeks, it wasn't as bad. Like it's, I definitely, there was like a market improvement after 12 weeks, but I was still very, very nauseous and still vomiting at least a few times a week until I was 18 weeks. Bless you, child. I'm so glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Thank God for pharmaceuticals. I really <laughs> needed them. I really, and I was telling, cause you know, you were just saying like taking care of your toddler and like, that's what I just kept saying. My first trimester is like, how on earth am I going to do this again? Like I have no I, I can't do anything. I can't function. I could definitely could not be someone's primary caretaker right now. Like <laughs> I am like a bump on a log. But then after I started the meds, I was like, okay, so th- we're going to start this at six weeks next time. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just no, I don't think I could do it. Like I held off. I don't really know why. I guess I just was like, 
this is normal. This is how it is. You know, everybody and has it'll to get do better. this. Yeah. yeah, it'll get better. It's, and I kept like counting down the weeks. I was like, okay, four more weeks, it'll get better. Three more weeks, it'll get better. And then I just kept not. <laughs> um, so I'm really, you know, I think next time I would just, I would be really on top of it because I think I would just wouldn't be able to afford to lay on the couch for you know, yeah, 12 weeks. no way your child. Did, did oh yeah, mom, stuff. take a nap. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll just play quietly in the corner. Right. <laughs> I won't knock anything over. <laughs> oh God. Yes, exactly. Which actually brings me to my next point. So first trimester, we talked about like that fatigue and tiredness. And now second trimester, it's just known for giving you that like extra burst of energy. Did you experience that? For sure. I definitely did. Even though I still was feeling kind of sick after 12 weeks, I knew I I had so much more energy. And then it just got better and better my second trimester. I love that. Is that continuing now that you're in your third? Oh, no. Now I'm like, (laughs) I can nap every day again. I'm back to wanting to, but not like exhaust, nothing like first trimester exhaustion. There's nothing like that. Like... I just, you just must think like, it just must take your body so much work to like start from scratch on a person because it (laughs) is so exhausting. I have never done anything so tiring, (laughs) but no, third trimester is nothing. I mean, I want to like, like I get tired and also it's still, we're in Houston. It's still really hot. And I think that kind of contributes to feeling exhausted because you're hot. (laughs) Well, I, again, I'm glad that you got that like burst of energy your second trimester I would agree that once I hit like I think it's when the nausea left I was like oh I feel like myself again I feel good and I can like tackle stuff and so I'm still feeling that however I'm experiencing another thing that's kind of not working with the energy thing Uh, it's the pregnancy insomnia which we will cover in a little bit um so my energy is kind of like just normal yeah (laughs) sort of but yeah so more energy during the second trimester is definitely something common so yes love that about the second trimester Mm -hmm. what about are when did you start feeling the baby move because that almost always happens in the second trimester yes so with Liam my first pregnancy I felt him move at 17 weeks like I started feeling like those sweet little like fluttery feelings in your belly and it was just the cutest thing and at 22 weeks that's when Brian my husband could actually feel him kick on the outside which was which was really cool but with this one I felt her so we're having a girl I think (laughs) I'm pretty sure we are I felt her move at 13 weeks I remember it. I was like driving in the car. I was leaving my workout and coming home. And on my way home, I just started feeling these little fluttery moves on my like lower right side. And and then it went away and I didn't feel it for a while. But then I started feeling them like daily at 17 weeks. What about you? I felt her first at 12 weeks, which was really early for- it is. A first time mom. First time mom. But I was laying on my stomach and- I definitely think that that makes it more likely that you feel just because like something was like pressing up against it, you know, and it was like a little bubbles, but I felt and then after that, I would feel it like, you know, a few times a week, probably until 16 weeks, because I remember by 17 weeks, and 18 weeks, I was definitely feeling her every day. And then by 20 weeks, Aaron, my husband could feel her from the outside. And yeah, that's definitely like the best part of being pregnant. For, for sure. I for love sure. it. 
It's so sweet until you're like at the end of your third trimester. Yeah, yeah, you're like, ow, ow, ow. (laughs) But yeah, second trimester kicks are like the best thing because you're like, oh yeah, I'm growing a human being right now. It's so fun. It's so, and it's really reassuring even, I would say it probably took until probably around like 24, 25 weeks. I was feeling her move like all the time, like all throughout the day, like just like, you know, Real and that's so reassuring. Just like every oh, time yeah. I'd be like, "Is there still a baby in there?" Then all I had to do was pay attention for like five minutes, and then I'd feel her move. And that was like, <laughs> I don't. That just was. That's really nice. Oh yeah, totally reassuring that everything is like normal and healthy and like yeah, everyone's everyone's good. I love that. Okay, on to some things that aren't so great. Round ligament pain. Okay, yeah. y'all. Oh, if you experience pain or like a cramping sensation, like in your groin area, or almost like just on the sides of your it's like abdomen, on the side, yeah, yeah. That's where I feel it most. Yeah. yeah, chances are it's round ligament pain. So as your uterus grows, the ligaments that hold it in place in your abdomen stretch, and this causes that tightness and that pain. People typically feel it when they're turning to the side or sneezing. Yes sneezing or coughing yes sneezing (laughs) or like moving in bed from one side to the other and it's nothing to worry about but if it becomes intense and doesn't go away definitely contact your healthcare provider Mary Alice did you have you felt round ligament pain yeah I had a lot in my first trimester actually I which I wasn't expecting but I I don't know I just did especially in the middle of the night like the moving because I used to flip from side to side like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to explain this without a visual, but like, <laughs> like turning on my stomach and then to the other side and uh-huh. sort of turning on my back and back, then to the right. other side. And there was something about that like twisting movement that I would do to like, like going from my stomach to my side that would real that I just like was pulling it all the time. So I had to stop. I was like, okay, I have to stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I felt really a lot of round ligament pain up and through like the first half of my second trimester. And then it kind of went away. I haven't had it in a while. That's nice. That's good. I would agree. I felt mine a lot more in the first trimester than the second, but I have felt it here and there, but it has gone away the more that the bigger I get, which yeah. is, which is interesting because your uterus is growing, but you I'm kind of wondering if it's going to come back. We'll see. You're going to let us know, Mary. I know, yeah. In our yeah. next, yeah. next podcast, <laughs> we'll follow up on this. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so also dizziness or lightheadedness, and that's due to lower blood pressure. I've had some clients definitely express that, but I haven't experienced that in either of my pregnancies, no, which I'm kind of grateful. Have you? No, I haven't had that either. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. So yes, obviously, take it slow, you guys, when you're getting out of bed, drink lots of fluids, just simple things can really help, you know, minimize some of these symptoms. Our next thing, leg cramps, specifically calf cramps. Mary Alice, tell us about this. So if you basically, this happens when your electrolytes are off. So sometimes it's that you're not you know, your diet isn't quite balanced with your electrolytes and your salts and your calcium magnesium intake. Sometimes it's that you're dehydrated, but you're just more prone to them when you're pregnant. For me, I feel them at night. Okay. I can like feel when I'm about to get one and then I'll like flex my feet really hard and I can stop it from happening. And I like do this in the middle of the night when I feel it coming. But for me, if I take a calcium magnesium supplement, it really helps. And I'm a lot less likely to get them. But I've always been really prone to leg cramps. 
I would get them. I was a ballet dancer growing up and I got them all the time. And it, like when I had like growing pains growing up, I would get horrible Charlie horses in the middle of the night. I'm just very, if I get dehydrated, I get like cramps. <laughs> Actually on my, this is just a funny story, but on my wedding night, I like danced all night, like as you do. And I drank, you know, some margaritas as one does and didn't really drink any water. And my wedding night, I wake up, I woke up four times with horrible Charlie horses, like screaming in the middle of the night. And I I was like, welcome to marriage. (laughs) (laughs) This is being married to me. Let me wake you up every two hours. My leg cramps. (laughs) Very romantic. (laughs) Love me. Oh, that's so great. Oh, that's so great. But it's reassuring though, to know that I think a lot of people are like, what is this? Like, it's so random, especially like your calves. Like, it's such a random spot to have these these cramps. So you guys, very normal. And I love that you gave that tip, taking a calcium or magnesium supplement. Obviously, talk to your healthcare provider before taking any supplements just to confirm that you're taking the right thing. But I agree. Uh, once I was experiencing those with my first pregnancy, that supplement really helped me as well for sure. Okay. This one next is while we're talking about the legs, restless leg syndrome. Okay. You guys, although not limited to pregnancy, restless leg syndrome is commonly associated with pregnancy with approximately 10 to 34% of pregnant women experiencing RLS. RLS is associated with an unpleasant feeling in the legs that tends to get worse in the evening, especially at bedtime and produces an overwhelming desire to move your legs. I actually experienced this with my first pregnancy and it was awful. I just remember like clockwork at 8 p.m. while I was sitting on the couch getting work done uh, with my husband, I just had to constantly move my toes and my legs and it was just so uncomfortable and it would just uh, keep happening until I fell asleep and it was definitely all throughout like my second trimester, it started pretty much happening at like 17 weeks on. And it was just, it was miserable. So Mary Alice, it really was because you're like, it's just like, it's like that weird, like tickling, like your feet are about to fall asleep feeling. That's what it feels like. And you're just like, it's just awful. Have you ever had that? I have never had this. I've had lots of other weird leg things, but not this one. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't recommend it, but you guys, it is common. Like I said, approximately 10 to 34%, not super common, but it can happen. And I'm so grateful that I have dodged it thus far. Actually Highlands, which is a company that makes some homeopathic remedies. um, They have a restless leg syndrome like homeopathy thing. I haven't, I honestly don't know that much about it. I would definitely talk to your care provider about it, but I it just, I remembered all of a sudden, cause I think I was at like a midwifery conference once and they were handing out samples of it. Well, that's cool. We yeah. definitely need to check that out because, Oh, I actually have a friend who is pregnant with her second baby and she has RLS. She's had it for, with both pregnancies. So I'm going yeah. to have to Something to look into for sure. Definitely. Okay. Other things with legs. Oh, sciatica. This is a really big one. I feel like I've had little pains of it and I know that that's what it is, but I'm really, really good about doing sciatic legs, like stretches that stretch out your, the muscles that would 
you know, cause inflammation and irritation of sciatica. And I've been going to the chiropractor. So I feel like that's really helping me avoid some of it. What really happens is your baby's getting bigger, your uterus is getting bigger, and it puts pressure on your sciatic nerve, causing inflammation, irritation, and pain. And you, a lot of people will get like shooting pains kind of starting in their lower back and down their legs. We actually have a great article on Baby Chick all about stretching out your hips and your legs, your hamstrings, and your you know, your hip muscles. And doing all of that can really help to avoid some of that pinching of the nerve. That's good. That's smart that you have been doing that because I didn't experience that with my first pregnancy, but holy moly, it is bad. It is like with a vengeance with this one. Yeah. And it's like starts like in the center of my butt cheek and just shoots all the way down to my left leg, like to, to my calf. And it's, it's like basically anytime I move, get up, bend down, it's lovely. So I need to go to a chiropractor. I really do. I just haven't done it. (laughs) I need to. With my leg numbness thing, I got to a point where like when I was walking, it would cause some sort of some like throbbing feelings in that like numb area. And I was ta- I was walking with my husband one day and I was like, honestly, I should just go to the chiropractor because if I had a client who was experiencing this, I would tell them to go to the chiropractor and do hip stretches. And I should probably just take my own advice. <laughs> and look at you. You're not and expecting look. that. There yeah, you go. Like, well, I still have the numbness, but yeah. But I but that's one instance of like, oh maybe Nina, you should take your own advice. Uh, exactly. I know. Oh. It's hard it's hard to do sometimes. It really is. It I really know. is sometimes. <laughs> it is. Okay, let's talk about our next point, which are varicose veins and another type of varicose vein, which is hemorrhoids. Let's talk about it. Yes. As you're, you know, as your baby is growing, your uterus is growing, your blood flow is really affected and it can put a lot of pressure on your veins and on, you know, just the lower half of your body. People have a lot of swelling and it's really not fun. You can get varicose veins in your legs, you can get them in your vulva, and then you can get hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah. Have you experienced any of these? I've always had hemorrhoids. I've had hemorrhoids since I was in high school, but I actually haven't had any issues since being pregnant. And I have not had any varicose veins. Usually varicose veins are also somewhat, this is somewhat genetic. If your mom had varicose veins, you're a lot more likely to get them. And I've had clients who have just horrible varicose veins, like in their feet, or just every time they get pregnant, they get really bad. But I'm I'm very lucky. I haven't had any so far. That's good. That's good. Well, you said that you've had hemorrhoids, you know, like you know, since high school, but it's not been as bad with pregnancy. Is there anything that you attribute? To that? No, I'm not doing anything. But I also am not. Usually, so I also have IBS. And so sometimes the hemorrhoids are kind of exacerbated by those symptoms. And I've been really, I mean, just sharing it with the world, been really regular since being pregnant. I haven't, I know a lot of people have constipation and diarrhea issues when they're pregnant, but I I haven't. I've had, I've been really, things have been fine and normal. And so my hemorrhoids haven't really flared up. Oh, that is awesome. Because I will start after the baby comes, I will, they will be back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pushing a baby out will do yeah, that. Yeah, pushing a baby out will usually <laughs> because hemorrhoids when they retreat, like so when they go away, they just sort of like shrink back up into where they're supposed to go. They never truly, truly like go away yeah. unless you get 
like treatment for them. And so I'm sure that pushing a baby out will also push my hemorrhoids back out. <laughs> yeah, uh, girl, I will say I feel lucky that I also haven't had to experience varicose veins. But you know what, for women out there who do have them, there's nothing to be ashamed. No, uh, no. Like that's just part of your body. And that's totally okay. And it can just be really uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully after you have the baby, everything will, you know, <laughs> go down and feel a lot better. And you'll feel more comfortable and more yourself as you recover after birth. Uh, hemorrhoids. I have definitely had hemorrhoids. It happened just in my second second trimester again yeah like you said all of that pressure in your pelvis is just and i sit down a lot at my desk and so i have man i had this one like case of it it was just awful one day cuz i was just sitting down all day long and i immediately something that helped you guys i just put lavender essential oil like directly on it and went to bed and then in the morning they were completely gone and i haven't had them since and that was probably like 3 weeks ago and since then i've been making sure that i have to get up and you know move around i'm not allowing myself to sit for such long periods. Also, you know, keeping track of like a healthier diet so that you're regular, which also can help with constipation for women who are also experiencing constipation in the second trimester. So yeah, those are things that have have helped, but oof, it can be so painful. I know. It's no fun. <laughs> no fun. I know. I know. What we do for these babies of ours. <laughs> Okay, so nasal congestion. So during pregnancy, your hormone levels increase and your body makes more blood. So this causes your mucous membranes to swell and bleed easily, resulting in stuffiness and nosebleeds. You guys, I have had some major nasal congestion and it happens like Me too. totally second trimester and it's been bad ever since. And I'm like, I swear I don't have Corona, y'all. I just <laughs> am having an issue with my nose. I haven't had any nose bleeding, but I definitely a lot of stuffiness. So what about you, Mary Alice? I've had some stuff, a lot of stuffiness too, but I've been a little, a part of me thinks that it might, mine might be allergy related as well because I've also had eye itchiness and I'm like, off and on, but I definitely have had like increased stuffiness. I more than I usually because when I get allergies, I usually get like a little bit drippy and then my eyes are itchy. And I've had itchiness and like stuffiness. So I feel like maybe it's just like exacerbating my my seasonal allergies. I agree. Yeah, I have a terrible allergy to ragweed and it is like on high right now. So mm -hmm. I, that's I agree. With eyes that. itch. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that's that's, I think, definitely making it worse. But you guys, just some some saline drops um, or spray, saline spray can really help relieve that congestion and just drink plenty of fluids or use a humidifier. Thing is, we're in Houston, so it's humid enough. But <laughs> just do what you can to try and relieve it because that's actually one of the things, the nasal congestion, which keeps me up at night with pregnancy insomnia because uh, it gets worse um, in the evenings for me. So that's part of it, which segue into my next point, pregnancy insomnia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. <laughs> it can happen oh, during the second trimester. Yay. So, but it can really actually happen during all stages of pregnancy. Some people experience it in the first and third and not in the second, but I personally have been experiencing it this time, this pregnancy in my second trimester. So, and there's so many reasons why you might be wide awake in the wee hours of the night. And this can be from the constant use of going to the restroom. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at a three times per night. Uh, right now. You that's are? My, oh. Yeah, that's my rate. It's horrible. Oh. And are you able to go to sleep like usually after? Almost oh, always good. I can fall back asleep. And I'm really like I as soon as I used to sort of put it off. Like I'd be like, oh I don't really have to pee. But now I'm like, okay, no, I'm up. I pee. Like I like roll myself out of bed. I stumble to the bathroom. I don't turn on any lights. I don't flush the toilet because I'm like, I'm gonna be back. I just like walk back to bed and I go to bed and I really try and make it like as like least invasive as possible. (laughs) And I like keep my eyes closed as much as I can. I like really try not to wake up. That's good. That's smart though. So you can go straight back to bed. But every once in a while, the one, if I get up around like four or five, that's sometimes I have a hard time going back to sleep because I, if I've like already gotten enough sleep or like my, you know, your mind just gets busy. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's one of my things is that my brain won't shut up is what I call it. I'd say like once a week I have trouble falling back asleep, but I'm pretty lucky like for how frequently I'm waking up, I'm usually able to fall asleep. That is awesome. Oh, I love that. So yeah, with pregnancy insomnia, definitely that need to use the restroom frequently. Some people it's because of their nausea or vomiting, sometimes back pain, breast tenderness, abdominal discomfort, leg cramps, congestion and heartburn. Oh my gosh, congestion and heartburn. Definitely really vivid dreams that wake you up and then your brain won't be quiet. Or it could just be stress related like anxiety. And that could be about anything like going into labor, what labor is going to be like and giving birth or leaving work or when you have to return to work. It could be just anything that's causing you to feel anxious. So those are all different reasons that can you know, create pregnancy insomnia. Mine has definitely been the congestion has been hard to fall asleep. And then I'll wake up with a really stuffy nose and then I just, my brain won't stop. So every, for the past two weeks, I wake up between two and four and I don't go back to sleep after that. It's pretty awful. That's terrible. Especially if it's two. (laughs) I know. Yep. I remember when it was 2am and I was like, why? And I I don't look at my phone. I don't, I really try to make sure that I'm doing what I can to go back to sleep, but my brain just won't stop. So do you have a Kindle? I don't. Oh, okay. So I have a Kindle and I find that if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, really can't go back to sleep. If if I read on my Kindle, it's like not the light isn't like blue light. It's because it's like the paper white one. And I can like read myself back to sleep. And that's what my husband has really bad insomnia. He wakes up in the middle of the night. He can always fall asleep, but wakes up in the middle of the night, like several times a week. And that's what he has found will help him go back to sleep. But sometimes he stays up reading for like three. He reads so many books in the middle of the night. Um, But sometimes he stays up reading for like three hours in the middle of the night. But it's just so much. It's so much better for me than like just sitting like laying there. 
saying they're being miserable yeah. like I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe a birthday present to yourself. Invest <laughs> in a Kindle. Good to know. <laughs> I don't disagree. But you know what? The good news is while insomnia might be like miserable, it does not harm the baby. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just hurting me. It's not hurting the kids. So I'm okay with it. At the and end your of the day, it'll be fine. In your mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's our next point? All right. Some people experience an increased sex drive during pregnancy. I have not experienced this. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess some people do. And they find themselves, part of it is that you just have a lot of extra blood flow to your pelvis. And, but remember it's, I think it's just important to connect. I was, you know, telling someone who said, I don't really, I definitely do not have an increased sex drive during pregnancy, but I do feel like very emotionally connected. Like, it's almost like I don't, I'm like, I don't need that in order to feel emotionally connected. Whereas like before I got pregnant, that was like vital to me. Whereas I feel like now I'm like, okay, well, I'm, we have this like baby and we just talk about it. Like we feel, I feel very like, I feel intimate. Yeah. I feel very intimate, even though I'm not like, I am not that interested in having sex. <laughs> um, my belly is just in the way. Like, yeah. It's just not that, I don't know, whatever. Maybe I need to. Google some better things to do. But. I agree. I, I with my first pregnancy, not whatsoever. I mean, I didn't say no, but I wasn't asking for it either. Yeah, that's so. how. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the same way now. And but everyone was like, "Oh, I bet with a girl, it'll be different, Nina. You'll, you know, because I've had uh, several clients where when they that. had girls, they were just like, "Oh, I'm just so horny. Like I want it all the time." And I was like, okay, well, good for you. But nope, not with not with a boy or a girl. So, <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. Either way, y'all, this is normal. Increased or, <laughs> or not, <laughs> whatever you're experiencing is completely fine. And just remember that sex right now, it's not going to hurt your babies and it's not going to scar-, scar him or her emotionally. So <laughs> have at it. If you're, if you're feeling the urge, go for it. Increased weight gain. Okay. Yes. This is the point where your appetite goes from, if you thought you were hungry, you know, before, Oh man, the second trimester, it feels like you have to feed an army in your belly. I don't know. What do you think, Mary Alice? Yeah. My appetite went way up. And it does that. It does that during, cause you know, you're not nauseous anymore. You're not feeling bad anymore. And it's also before your stomach is so squished that you can only eat like half a meal. And so, and also the baby's gaining a lot of weight. You're getting a lot of, you know, you're making a lot of amniotic fluid. It just, most people gain the most weight in their second trimester. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I went to go see my midwife, I had gained like only four pounds in my first trimester. And she was like, you're probably going to be, you know, you'll gain all of your weight at the end. (laughs) And I was like, yep, I agree. I think the second half is where it's going to just all pile on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't gain barely any in my first trimester either. Um, Part of that was being sick probably. But yeah, my second trimester, I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) I mean, not too like a normal amount of weight. I gained probably a pound a week. Yeah. Which is average. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And that's something that people need to remember, you know, if you're concerned about your weight gain, 
or lack thereof, definitely talk to your doctor or your midwife about it. But yeah, second trimester is definitely the time where you'll be breaking into those maternity clothes, at least was for me. (laughs) And another thing that people experience even more in their second trimester is skin changes, increased skin changes. You know, we talk about this, we had talked about this a little bit in the first trimester, people getting melasma and linea nigra and, you know, just having increased melanin, but that you may really start to see those things darken, you know, any little patches you have on your face, even like sunspots will start to darken as well as that line that goes from your pubic bone up to your belly button. And then in your second trimester, a lot of people start to see it go past up their belly button, kind of to the top, the bottom of their ribs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we bring this up again, because this is the point I know that we said that we saw like, you know, like our nipples changing, getting darker, but this is definitely that time second trimester when you see some of the other parts of your body changing as well and getting darker as well. And, and one of those also being stretch marks though, that's usually the third trimester, but it can definitely happen in the second trimester since stretch marks, I believe it's really a genetic thing. So if, if you're going to get them, you're going to get them. Some people experience this then happening in the, in the second trimester and which causes, you know, those skin changes, your skin being like itchy and dry. So find something that is soothing to massage massage on your on your belly and oil or a lotion or whatever it is to keep yourself comfortable. I will say dry itchy skin has been one of my biggest pregnancy symptoms. Oh, really? um, I have I am calling it lizard neck. My whole neck <laughs> like I noticed in the middle probably like the beginning or the middle of my second trimester I had these like I had basically like in the creases of my neck had just these like dry patches. And I put so much lotion on them and could not get rid of them. And finally talked to my dermatologist and he told me about this like drugstore lotion called Amlactin and it has lactic acid in it, which like breaks down the dry skin and it's like super moisturizing. And so that helped get rid of it. And then I got some sun and it brought, it made it come back. I'm pretty sure like the sun exposure made it come back because my skin just got kind of dry you know, I was in the sun and my whole, like the last couple of weeks, my whole neck has just been like dry and scaly and itchy. And I've been like doing the amlactin and this other eczema cream. I don't actually think it's eczema. I think it's just like, when I talked to my dermatologist, he said, yep, pregnancy does weird things to skin. And I was like, cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so I've just been, you know, trying to keep it su- like I put moisturizer moisturizer on it probably six times a day. But it's been such a weird, I keep saying even my skin is pregnant. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where did this come from? Oh, man. Yeah. But again, I appreciate you sharing these things because people will be like, Oh, my gosh, something's wrong with me. Yeah, I'm allergic yeah. to being pregnant. Like this yeah. isn't right. So you know, yeah, it happens, y'all. It totally happens. Okay, our next point. You may actually feel your first Braxton Hicks during the second trimester. And I started feeling them, I want to say, like, I started feeling them at 18 weeks uh, with my first pregnancy. I haven't been feeling them yet, which I'm grateful (laughs) for this time. But then they were really bad in my third trimester. Mary Alice, have you felt your any Braxton Mm Hicks? I got my first one at 18 weeks and it was very obvious. All of a sudden I was like, 
oh my gosh, my uterus is a rock. <laughs> and I think she was like moving, like flipping positions or something. Cause I saw like a big thing move and like, it was just, I'm positive. That's what was happening. And it must've just like irritated my uterus and I got a Braxton Hicks, but I've gotten them. I've gotten them. Like I, you know, if I've been walking a lot or just like, if I'm dehydrated, I've gotten them every once in a while, but nothing consistent. I haven't gotten them all the time, but I definitely, starting at 18 weeks, I would, I would notice them a couple times a week. Okay. As we know that that is completely normal. So you guys, the Abraxan Hicks, it's basically like your belly just feels really tight. It shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't feel like a contraction. It's just your, your uterus tightening up, firming up, and then relaxing. So they're more likely to occur in the afternoon or evening, uh, especially after, you know, physical activity or after sex. I really, you know, I want people to know that it's completely common and normal to experience them, but it's also common to not feel them at all and not feel anything until you go into labor. So either one is normal. It's totally fine. I get one. I will say I get, I get Braxton Hicks every time we have sex. (laughs) See, there you go. And that's, for me, that's what happened. I will at 27 weeks. Yep, we did it, and I had can I had Braxton Hicks, and then they that. were coming like every two to three minutes, and it lasted for like two days. And then my midwife was like, "You need to go to the hospital because this could be preterm. You know, you could be going into preterm labor." Like, mm-hmm. and then I just started taking more of a calcium magnesium supplement, and that really helped stop everything. But yeah, I mean, that can be scary. Sometimes your uterus. Yeah. And it just gets kind of irritated and, you know, it's practicing, it's contracting, it's releasing, it's, it's practicing, it's warming up, it's getting stronger, but sometimes it gets into this kind of cycle of just like irritability. And I, you know, I think that's kind of what happened with you last pregnancy is something triggered it, it got irritated. And then it was like in this cycle of contraction and it needed to be, you got, you know, you got an IV, you took some calcium magnesium and it calmed it down and then you didn't have that again. Right. Right. And Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and that's exactly what they called my uterus. They said, oh, you have an irritable uterus. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, say what? You're yeah. saying that I have an irritable uterus? I cool. actually Thanks. love that term. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's so anthropomorphizing. Like it just, like I imagine this like grouchy lady on your, like these like furrowed eyebrows on <laughs> I like love it. That's basically what I was envisioning. I was like, cool. I just have a grumpy uterus that just doesn't want to like behave. Perfect. Can't. Yeah. Great. 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 Okay. You guys, our last thing that we wanted to share with you that's you can expect in your second trimester is your mid pregnancy ultrasound, which is also known as your anatomy scan. So I find this like one of the most exciting parts and also nerve wracking parts of pregnancy because this is where you can get a lot of answers about your baby. Absolutely. So your mid-pregnancy ultrasound is a level two ultrasound, which is typically performed between 18 and 22 weeks. And that's when a lot of people find out the sex of their baby, if they haven't already done the blood test or if they want to know what it is. And it's a really, really detailed look at your baby and taking measurements of their legs and their heart and their limbs and their neck and their head and their brain. And it looks at every part of them and just makes sure that everything is normal and functioning and makes any notes of anything that needs to get needs to get followed up on later. Yeah, for sure. And you said you got yours at 18 weeks, right? I got mine at 18 weeks because I was like, 
dying to know if I was having twins. <laughs> I had really gotten in my head about it. Yeah. That's not nice. That is just not nice, people. My house is not big enough for twins. <laughs> so I was like, I need this to not be twins. Mostly because we just bought this house. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thankfully, there's only one in there. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah. And most people do get it. Yeah. Between 18 and 20. Well, obviously it's between 18 and 22, but most people usually get it when they go to their doctor's appointment at 20 weeks. Mary Alice and I are both obviously going to midwives, as we've said before. And so I went to the ultrasound tech like just a couple days before my 20 week mark. So, so yeah. And, and it's just, I find it because we're, we're going with midwives. We don't get to see ultrasounds before then. We don't see any of that stuff. So it was just really special to see what the baby kind of looks like and their movements and just seeing all of that is just, I think, just the coolest thing and confirming <laughs> if what you think is, is right is right, according to the gender. Because uh, I took the blood test with during my first trimester with a sneak peek, not the at-home test, but with a provider. But I still, for some reason, was like, you know what? It's it's too good to be true to that I'm having it. a girl. You I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I need to see it. So uh, then it definitely showed me a little hamburger in there. And I was like, all right, <laughs> it's a girl. <laughs> so I feel good about that. Awesome. So yes, definitely anatomy scan during the second trimester. Okay. And this is the trimester that you should be doing several other things. I really say that for the first trimester, it's all about like taking your prenatal vitamin and exercise and rest and just really gestating. But the second trimester, it's like, all right, let's get busy. Let's do some homework. <laughs> so this is the time where you should be creating your baby registry or at least putting some things together so that by your third trimester, hopefully you'll have some type of baby shower or sprinkle or, or whatnot. Then thinking about if you're going to take a baby moon, uh, we didn't really do a baby moon uh, with our second one. Mary Alice, you guys went on a baby moon, right? Yeah, we, I mean, it's the Rona right now, but we, <laughs> um, we rented a little beach house and just had like, you know, had some, a couple days at the beach and it was lovely. Which I think is so nice. If you're able to do that, having a little time with just you and your partner and getting away to enjoy, you know, the, the remainder of your pregnancy is so special. So yeah, thinking about taking a baby moon and where you would go and what you would do, etc. Also, this is the time to look into childbirth classes because these can really fill up. I know that because of Corona, the in-hospital classes have been canceled, but there are plenty of options that are available online that you can take. So, so definitely look into which method is best for you and, and start taking them. So that way you are prepared before baby comes. Mary Alice, you've taken, you're taking a childbirth class too, right? Or you finished? Yes, I've already finished it. I took a Bradley oh, awesome. class. Awesome. How was that for you guys? It was good. I mean, it was different, definitely, since I'm a midwife. Um, <laughs> and I already know all of that. But it was good. It was nice to get a refresher and have my husband take it and meet some people on Zoom uh, who are also pregnant. And so I'm glad we did it. 
Yeah, I totally agree with Liam. We did a Bradley class and I basically did it just so that Brian could like catch it. Yeah, it was for my husband, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And for this pregnancy, I have just signed up for a hypnobirthing class. So I'm going to be taking that in the next couple of weeks. It's a five-week course, which I'm excited to do. So yes, this is the time to sign up for that, ladies. And think about where you want to give birth. Have you definitely decided, okay, I... I'm going to be giving birth at XYZ hospital. Maybe your doctor has privileges at several hospitals, you know, thinking about exactly where you want to give birth to your baby. Maybe you want to give birth at a birth center. Maybe you've changed your mind and want to go, you know, do it at home. This is a huge decision and definitely shouldn't be taken lightly that you should talk to your partner about and, and make sure that it's the right decision for you. I know this has been a big decision for you guys, right, Mary Alice? Yeah, we talked a lot about it and just the pros and cons and what we were comfortable with for our first baby and where I was coming from and where my husband was coming from. And we decided to go ahead and go with a birth center. So we're really excited about that. But it was definitely a big conversation for us and talking through, you know, what we needed and wanted. And so that was a a learning experience. <laughs> yeah. But that's so good that you guys, you know, you did that during your second trimester. So then that way your third trimester, yes. it's, you know, smooth sailing from there. You know what to expect. Yes. I kept saying, I want to have a plan by 28 weeks. Like we got to exactly. know exactly what we're doing by 28 weeks. For, for sure. sure. Definitely. So yeah, definitely figure that out during the second trimester. Another thing, really start narrowing down that baby name list. Oh my gosh. I think I told Mary Alice several times. It is so hard to name a baby. Name a human being. It is really hard. (laughs) I agree. So, and I know plenty of people who don't name their baby until they meet them. And that is totally fine too. But at least narrow down that list. Have just a couple of names, you know, five at most so that that way you're feeling a little bit more connected to a certain name whenever you do meet that baby. I am a planner. I just, I was, it was eating me up that I could not figure out what this child's name was going to be. (laughs) I I feel like that too. Oh, isn't it awful? I was just like, no, I was like, I gotta, I gotta have a name. And my husband was like, why? I'm like, no, I have to have a name. (laughs) We must name this baby. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm right there with you, but you know, if you guys are still undecided, that's okay, but start narrowing down that list for sure. Another thing, start thinking about childcare. This is the time to start doing those tours. If you know that you're going to have to go back to work, whether you're working from home or not, having, figuring out, are you going to have a nanny? Are you going to do a daycare? Really thinking about what your support is going to be like uh, once your baby is here and whenever you do have to go back to work or whatever type of support you need, uh, figure out what that looks like and, and start talking about that with your partner for sure. And then lastly, decide if you're going to hire a doula. I know that a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, with the corona, it's not, you know, as feasible now. It's not like the doula can come in the hospital. But you know what? More and more hospitals are now allowing an additional person in the room. And also, I know that there are several doulas out there that are also offering virtual support. So there's definitely support out there if you need it. If you feel like that this is going to be too much for your partner to handle, uh, to be able to support you and give you the type of, you know, attention and care that you really need. If you're unsure of how your doctor or nurse or midwife or whomever is going to be there for you, definitely start thinking about a doula and interviewing several uh, to see if there's a right one for you. 
Okay. Guys, who knew so much was going to happen to our bodies <laughs> during who pregnancy? <laughs> Especially in the second trimester. Holy moly. But we hope you all found a little bit of relief and humor from our experiences. As always, we like to hear your thoughts and are curious if you had any or all of these second trimester experiences. If there's anything else that you would add to the list, let us know. We'd love for you to share them with us on our Facebook page where we'll be posting today's episode. We'll also be answering everyone's questions in the comments. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at The Baby Chick. And of course, visit our website, www.baby-chick.com for more.